and welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, listed in 2020 as number eight of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional. I am your host, Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert and author of Business Evolution, Creating Growth in a Rapidly Changing World. I created Scale Your Sales Framework to develop leading edge capabilities to secure, retain and grow key customer relationships for long-term value and partnership. Join me each week to learn from amazing B2B sales and business experts and influencers. Tune in for actionable insights and strategies. Are you ready to scale your sales? My next guest is America's leading authority on referral selling. Referrals work whether you are looking for a job, clients, a promotion or a date. Joanne's an author, speaker, consultant, sales trainer, and is known in the sales community as Contrarian. Welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, Joanne Black. Janice, it's a pleasure. And <laughs> from across the pond is even better. <laughs> Absolutely. Look, we've got, we're representing you at San Fran and me, London. <laughs> Not background. <laughs> which is great. So Joanne, I want to ask you, why are you known as a contrarian? Oh, well, that's a good question, Janice. And it, it's come up because I have definite points of view and I state them. A and that's fine because, you know, we don't want wishy-washy stuff. So one of them is, I don't think anyone should ever have to cold call. You know, so I say that, and I know people cold call. And by the way, that, that means phone, it means email, it means social media. And my definition of that is the person doesn't know you and doesn't expect to hear from you. And, and what I get is, oh, you know, I cold call all the time. I'm great at it. I get clients. And what I say is, if it works for you, keep doing it. That's it. But that's one of my definite points of view. And I keep repeating it over the years. It's, um, it's just an anomaly to me that the people continue to cold outreach when they could be asking for referrals and having an entirely different experience. I'm, I'm in favor of uh, social selling uh, warming up, having a connection and referrals. You've been talking about, you were the first and you've been talking about it for, for years. And I find it really interesting, often like you, if I make a statement, something I truly believe in, you'll often get pushback from people that, you know, I've been cold calling for years and very successful. But when you actually interrogate them, they're often doing other things as well to make it successful. You know, so if they've got a course or something on, then they're going to use their network to outreach, to get the word out, which is, well, if it was so successful, you'd only use one, one tool. Um, but yes, I, you're, you're absolutely right. Sometimes there's no point arguing with people just if, it's, if it works for you, do it. How long it will work for you bearing in mind we're in this environment, don't you feel that actually the buyers are moving around more to what you've already always been preaching 
about building relationships, asking for referrals and having that as part of your, your sales strategy. This is what buyers are preferring. Well, they are, and there's been research about that. However, uh, people are still doing the opposite and, and it's not their fault because someone's making them do it. You know, it's a sales leader that says, sets goals and KPIs around how many calls you make, how many connections you have. And that's the way the world goes. It's, um, I like controversy because I think otherwise, you know, it's just, un, it's not interesting, <laughs> you know? So let's have a discussion mm -hmm. and, and, you know, there's, there's posts on social media that I chime in in the conversation and I get these long responses, how great they are at cold calling. Fine, keep doing it. But then I'll also talk about the opposite, about referrals. Yes, yeah. Okay, so talk to us more about uh, referrals. You know, you'll talk about building a culture behind the process of referrals. So perhaps explain that to us. The, the culture? Yes. Well, like anything, that takes a while to build. The, whatever culture you're trying to establish. I never wanted to use that term because the last consulting firm I worked for did culture work and it took forever and cost millions of dollars. So that was the translation I had in my head. And I didn't want others to feel the same way. So then I found this definition. Culture is what happens when no one's looking. Hmm. It becomes our DNA, it's inside, it's the way we work. How do we build a referral culture? We start with a sales leader who really wants to transform the way she runs her business and her sales team. And she understands the power of referrals. She also knows that they have a long way to go and they're not asking. And so I start with a sales team What's been interesting, Janice, in this last year and a half is clients have included some of their customer success people. And the first time I saw that, I said, wait a minute, you know, you're in that role because you don't want to sell. But when you think about it, these people have these, well, they have these scheduled calls they know so much about what's going on in the business, who's left, who's still there, what the issues are. Now, these aren't the original buyer, but this is great information for them to ask for referrals because they have those connections, they speak regularly. So my clients who do that, they have minimal goals for how many people to ask in a month. And they do have KPIs associated with that and some kind of reward. But the people who join the referral culture want to. And it may not be everybody. That's yeah. fine. Because I only want the people who agree to be accountable for results. Right, right. Doesn't having a referral system in place, doesn't that just make the organization uh, uh, a good customer-centric organization? Isn't it moving them in that direction? Because you cannot, um, you cannot have a, a, a hard sales culture where it's all about the numbers and not about the customer if you want referrals. It's got to be 
delivering on great customer experience and service and giving the customer what they want so they're happy and follow up, which is actually the way we want business to be. So doesn't the, the process create a good business culture? What I, what I say is, think of it this way. Your clients are your outsourced sales team. Mm -hmm. Think of it. Because they, they love you. They love you and they're willing to help. They just don't know that you want more clients. Now, that seems stupid, Janice, but I've been asked that. Joanne, do you need more clients? <laughs> I'm thinking... What planet are you from? You know, sometimes it's crazy busy, but we figure it out. Yeah. But that's the concept that we're going to ask. They're going to introduce us. That's my definition of a referral. And then they realize, oh, there's other people I can introduce you to. You also get to check in and make sure everything's going well. And if they're in a large enough company, referral can be to other divisions in their company as well as to their counterparts in other companies. So you see how it just expands and expands. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so tell me in your view, has B2B sales shifted enough to be biocentric? Absolutely not. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's no. <laughs> and I, I, we all know that we've watched it. There is such bad behavior all over today with sales teams. And, and I'm not specifically talking about account executives. I'm talking about the people who are call, cold calling. And it's not just phone anymore. It's emails. And all of these about use video is not wonderful. They'll open your email. Uh, use video on LinkedIn. All that's great. But it's cold. It's not buyer centric and there's such bad behavior. So pitching, I don't know if you've seen it, but on LinkedIn, oh, they pitch in an invitation <laughs> and, and you know, they're gone, right? And then if I do respond, when I do respond and I ask them what, what questions you have about referral selling that LinkedIn is a place to build relationships mm. and, and they come back and there's another pitch. I got a pitch about oil and gas. I just, what does that have to do with, I mean, it's all automated. Yeah. So you can't automate relationships. And that's what business is built on, the strong relationship we've built. And that has gotten lost. And unless you value that and model it, not just talk about it, it's not buyer centric. So much of this bad behavior is led by the culture, the sales leader that's putting pressure on the sellers to cold call and that, you know, it's very much a numbers game. How do you start to change that in, in an organization? When you go in, what, who are you talking to and how do you get them on board? I talk to the sales leader and that person understands the power of referrals. If it's a solid, cold calling culture? No, because I don't shift cultures. I just want to work with a person who says, we need to do a better job of referrals. We need a system. It's happenstance now. We know it's the best business and we want you to help with that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they've got to be ready for it and see the value um, of it. And you, all you're going to do is um, make sure they're more very much more systematic, because that's the thing I find referrals. Like when I ask people, do you have a referral system? It's like, uh, yeah, I kind of ask for it every now and then, you know. <laughs> so it's about being systemized. Is it? That's part of it. Mm -hmm. It needs to be a system. It needs to be a strategy written. Now I'm a salesperson, I don't like long, so half a page, a few bullets, that's fine, but you need to write it down. You need to communicate it to your team, what they're doing, you need to be transparent. There need to be metrics, strategies one, metrics are two, which is for individuals, teams, and the company as a whole. How are they going to be measured? You need to link their KPIs to referrals so they actually exhibit that behavior. And then referral selling is a behavior change. A lot of people don't recognize this. It is a skill that must be learned and practiced. That's three. And the fourth is accountability and execution. What's happened in the past, people aren't accountable. You know, they learn something new, isn't that nice? And they go back to what they were doing. But the execution is key. Whatever we do, it doesn't matter. We know that, that if people don't follow through and execute, they've just wasted money, they've wasted time. It's not going to happen. It's always in the execution. And yeah. that's why we need a strong leader and strong managers. Yeah, yeah. So the other um, uh, views that I absolutely uh, love you for is your views on, on diversity and scale yourselves. The um, aim is to have 50% women and 20% ethnic minorities, because as you know, often our voices are just not heard. Um, and the stats are particularly bad of how many, uh, you know, the uh, women in sales at senior leadership uh, level and diversity in terms of of race is even worse so I know you have very strong views so what do you think um, should change in the sales industry is it moving fast enough what can be done a lot has been done Janice which you know it, it used to be we looked at the podium and it was all men mm. and we complained and then we decided no they just don't get it we have to get in there before and have them recognize that they need diversity on, the, on their presentation. I even had one CEO say to me, he says, I don't want you to think that I haven't thought about it, that I have all males on my team. They were not only all males, they were white males, probably in their 30s and 40s, okay? So he was, he recognized it. A lot, and I think CEOs and leaders are recognizing that now, and we're going to see a lot of improvement. But there's another thing about women in sales, especially women in tech sales. And I, I've had conversations with a few who decided to take time off to raise their children. That's a personal choice. And in tech, you can't go back after X number of years. I mean, everything's changed. Mm -hmm. And, and so they're looking for other things, but I think companies, when these people go on maternity leave and decide to stay home, whether it's six months, a year, two years, whatever this time frame is, 
need to do something to keep these women up to date and involved. And virtually, it certainly can be done. It could be uh, things about the company that are changing, the technologies that are changing, the, the buyers are changing, whatever. That's not that difficult. It could be a once a month and once a quarter thing. But we've just lost this group who decided to stay home and be with their kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would think there's, there is attracting um, women back after... Um, uh, staying at home with their, their kids, but it's also just getting in as well. What can be done to uh, address the balance at whether it's SDRs and going through? Because if you don't have a pool to select from for your leadership, you know, you've got to start somewhere. So the pool has, has got to be right. You've got to have a, a balance of culture, thought, gender across the board. Um, so it's getting in. What needs to, what do companies need to do? They need to talk to everybody and they need to get a referral. <laughs> Remember, if you're looking for a job, yeah. about candidates who would be great for this company. But the thing is, it has to be the right person. So somebody may have interviewed lots of women, you know, different races, different geographies, and they're just not right. You need to find the right person. A CEO of a company I worked for when I was a hiring manager said, Joanne, the biggest mistake you can make is hiring the wrong person. You don't wanna hire someone just because she's a woman or her skin is a different color. It has to be a fit. It's the awareness now and reaching out to people you know, that's it. But Joanne, don't you feel if you're if you're wanting to at attract a diverse workforce and you want to make sure they fit or, or they're right? I mean, what does that mean? And who, in whose opinion is that? Because I may have come up through a different experience, a different set of skill sets, diff certainly different opportunities that would have been open to me. And if you're judging whether I fit or not, based on my experience or my avenue, my limitations. But actually, that doesn't mean I'm not going to be a great salesperson. It just means I've come from a different background, a different source. And I find that uh, recruiters are very linear as to what they're looking for, what they think fits. What fits is what fitted before. And that means nothing really changes. So what do you say to that? Uh, well, although some of that's changing, Janice, because I did do some work with a recruiting firm and the questions they ask, it's often the interview. It's a, that's where you first form a relationship and that's part of the culture thing. And it's up to the person who's interviewing to translate how your previous experience relates to this company. I, I, when I first shifted careers, Oh, let me see. For three companies, I came in second because they needed to hire the person who could just jump in and run. Even though I had the background, I didn't have the background in that particular field. So it's up to us. If I were interviewing today, I probably would interview differently. 
but I'm glad I didn't get those jobs because the one I got was the best. Yeah. And so we need to, to, to know and communicate how that past experience applies. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Jen, also something else about diversity. Yeah. There's diversity about age and ideas. Now, the age thing, I think some of that has dropped off. That's fine. Um, to some people, it means, oh, they're experienced. They know what they're talking about. Well, they don't always know what they're talking about, but, but it translates to wisdom. Most people who've been, you know, who've been in business a long time. Obviously, I have gray hair, and I just celebrated 25 years of my company. Then there's young people who are just as brilliant and have amazing talent. We need, and they need to be managed differently, but we need that diversity in age. We need that diversity in ideas. We need to have an organization where our employees come to us and have an idea and we listen. And in many times it works and you say, why didn't I think of that? So that's it. That's part of the transparency of a company as well. Mm, Excellent. So what's one tried and tested strategy you'd offer listeners, enable them to scale their sales? Well, it's the same answer, Janice. (laughs) It's referrals. And here's the thing. Everybody loves referrals. But like you said, no company has a referral methodology with all the things I mentioned. And so what typically happens is a sales leader will say, oh, get, go get referrals. <laughs> and, and that doesn't work. Yeah. Therefore, we need to make some shifts. And the methodology works. People need to be open. It doesn't mean everybody's going to jump on board, but we at least have to have the conversation. Here's an example. Every client I had in the last 10 months had a singular focus. How do I get referrals from my clients? Only clients, nobody else. They all wanted that. Because as we talked about, we can enroll them as our outsource sales team. They are our best source of referrals and no one is asking. And that's a huge gap that needs to be closed. So I try to do it. (laughs) And most of the time I do. Yeah. But that's the awareness now. Now we need to take action. Yeah, yeah. So if someone's listening to uh, this, I said, okay, I get that. What's the one thing that I can do? I need to get referrals from my existing clients. What's one, th- where do I start with that? You start with the best relationships always. So one of the exercises it, that I do is to list in different categories everyone you know, and clients should absolutely do be that. So for you, if anybody else is clients, start with a relationship. Who do you know the best? Who do you consider colleagues? Who do, who could, who do you consider friends? Uh, and relationships kind of mean to me that you can call and they'll call you back. <laughs> but we know inside when we have those relationships. And so we're gonna start with the best ones. And then you're going to ask, you're gonna tell this client, 
that you're building your business and would like their help, something like that, maybe not those exact words, but they need to know the background first. So we're not gonna just spring this on somebody, right? They need to yeah. know the background. And, and then tell them a little bit about what you've been doing and what's new and that you're working on referrals and you know uh, about the success this client has gotten. And then you're going to ask for one or two people they know they can introduce you to. And the phrase is, who are one or two people you know I should meet? And obviously you've done your research first, I hope. So you have some sense of who they're connected to, uh, but, but that's how to ask it. And what people tend to do who don't know how to ask is, well, if you know anybody who could benefit from my services, please let them know. Yeah. That's nothing. Yeah. And if you say, uh, do you know anyone who can use my services? No, you don't want a no answer. Sometimes we do, but in this case, we don't. That's why you say, who are one or two people? And you've done your research first, you've talked about your strategy, how that shifted, and you, you'd like their help. And they're thrilled to help. I've had salespeople say to me, I asked and they said, sure. <laughs> There's a little bit of a surprise there as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's wonderful. Um, how can listeners get hold of you? As I'm sure they will want to, because you've got such great strategy and they must go on to your, your, your website, nomorecoldcalling.com, because there's lots of great articles on there, so lots of free resources. But what's the best way for listeners to get hold of you? This may seem strange from what I've said, but the way I work is email. And my email is joanne, J-O-A-N-N-E, at nomorecoldcalling.com. Yeah. Why email? Because I'm on email all the time. And uh, I don't answer my business line anymore. I see who's calling. They're all cold calls. <laughs> and the other thing is my texts don't ping. Mm. You see, I, they went away for some reason. And I decided, nope, not going to turn it on again. Yeah. Because I'm on email and I will answer right away. Mm. That's the best way. Brilliant. Lovely. And someone actually answers their email. That's amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Joanne. Thank you for being a guest on Scale Your Sales podcast, Joanne. And everybody, scale your sales through referrals. The best thing you can do. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much. That's wonderful. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Scale Your Sales. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter, Janice B. Gordon, to comment and share. I'd love it if you would leave a review on ratethispodcast.com slash scale your sales. Please subscribe for more weekly expert insights to scale your sales.